Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. God is good all the time. Amen. Come on, I like that. Who said great? Not just good, but he's great. Amen. What a great God we serve this morning. And it's so good to be here. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. The book of Ecclesiastes. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. When you have it, I want you to stand as is customary for us here for the ring of God's word. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. When you have it, give the Lord a big shout of amen. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. I'm waiting for my people in the back. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're in Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're in the wrong part of the book, and you definitely need to come to Bible study. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Here begins the ring of God's word. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. I'll read that again. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we come before you today and we thank you for such a time of celebration and worship this morning and now we are tune our ears to hear what thus saith the lord father as our faces differ so does the need differ in the house this morning but i'm praying that you would speak to your people a word in season a rhema word this morning i'm asking you oh god to bring forth transformation in this place this morning lord god you said we should renew our minds through your word this morning I pray the word of God will touch our hearts and our ears. So we boldly declare this morning that our hearts are receptive. Our ears are ready to hear what you have to speak to our hearts this morning. So we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. As I was praying about what to share, there are times in my devotional time and study time, amen, where the Lord will have me go back and share something I shared years ago because he says it's relevant for right now. And lately, the Lord has really been dealing with my heart in concerns to relationships. Somebody say relationships. Amen, amen. Having relationship. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, 
keep, keep holding on to February. We'll get there. Amen. We'll talk about sex and all that good stuff. Amen. But I'm just talking about relationships in terms of developing friendships. Amen. Developing godly friendships. And I'm talking about what we just read in the scripture, that two becoming better or that two is stronger than one person. I find that many times, especially as Christians, we live our lives in a bubble. Mm-hmm. We live our lives in a bubble. Last night I was blessed. My wife and I was blessed with an anniversary gift. It meant to go see a Broadway play last night. And so we were in Times Square, 8 p.m. last night. Amen. Had box seats at that. Okay. When God does it, he does it. Only one in the theater got box seats, by the way. Everybody's looking low. I'm on it. I was like, God, you're something. <laughs> That's a whole nother testimony. But it was downtown, and I began to just see some stuff. I mean, just stuff that was just blatantly open in front of your eyes. Stuff that you would see in Sodom and Gomorrah if he was alive back then. And I mean, look at they, they look at you like there's something wrong with you. <laughs> And you're doing it God's way. <laughs> and it's almost like as me and, and Pastor Aaron was walking from the garage to the theater, it's almost like we were just in a zone just to get to our destination. So many people, you want to buy comedy tickets? You want to do this? You want to do that? You want to take a picture? I mean, just we were just bombarded. I'm just like, I'm just trying to get to the theater. What's all this stuff here? Hey, I got some weed. I'm like, weed? Really? Like, really? I have a natural high. It's called Jesus. Okay? I can OD on him anytime. And so we got to the theater, saw our Broadway show, and we, we were coming back from the theater, and we were in our zone. We said, let's just get, it started raining. Let's just get to the car and get back to Jersey. And I was saying to myself, Lord, I don't miss anything about New York. But as we were talking on our ride back home, we were saying how easy for us as Christians especially people of faith, that sometimes we can't alienate ourselves from our culture. We can disassociate ourselves and not really reach out over relationships with those who are not believers. And the only way that someone would know about God or about Christ is not going to be through a billboard. It's not going to be through a track. It's not going to be through a television commercial, but it's going to be through a personal connection. And as I begin to think about that, I, this week I, I got a call from um, one of our um, marketing companies that we use here at the church to let people know about the gathering. And he said, Pastor, he said, the gathering church would not expand if the people are not touching other people. He said, the greatest, the greatest marketing um, um, success comes by word of mouth. He, says, he said, you could put an article in the newspaper. You could put a radio ad. Amen. You can do a mass mailing of 50,000 homes. You could do all those different things. But he said, the greatest thing is when someone invites a friend and says, hey, you want to call me at the church? Hey, I'm going to be have, having this event coming on. Are you going to join us? And so he began to talk about that. And that stuff just began to, to, to stick with me. And then I read a wonderful statistic about those who live in Bergen County. If you don't realize Hackensack, especially Hackensack, has a lot of 20, 30-somethings. And a lot of 20, 30-somethings, they're single people. 
And what they call these towns, and these are not just suburbs, but what they call these towns are sleeper towns. They call them sleeper towns because the only thing that they do here is live here, but their livelihood, they work in the city, they party in the city, many of them even go to church in the city. They don't want to have anything to do with their community because they feel isolated and they feel lonely. And if we dare ask ourselves, I bet sometimes we can feel like that as well. We can feel isolated and we can feel lonely. Even in the midst of a packed room, you can still feel all by yourself. Can I get a witness, somebody? Come on now. There's been days married and still felt alone. Come on. Do you go through your moments of isolation? Does anybody understand me? Can anyone feel me? Can anyone identify with what I'm going through? And you can feel like you're the only one in the room going through that circumstance and through that situation. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to reveal his will for our relationships. God is a God of relationships. God is a God of relationships. So I want to share briefly from the subject title, Wish You Were Here. Here. Finding balance in your relationships. Wish you were here. Not over here. Not over there but finding balance in your relationships. God wants us to have balance in our relationships. He wants to reveal his will for our relationships. One of the greatest things that I've learned as a Christian over the years, I've been saved for 17 years, you know, I've been saved that long, and one of the things that I've learned about being a believer is that you must acquire God's will even about the relationships that you have in your life. Because, see, we would, do, we, we would acquire God's will about who we're supposed to date and who we're supposed to marry and that type of stuff. But when it comes to friendships and associations and different things, we don't acquire God's will about that. If it feels right, if it seems right, I guess it's all right. But we have to acquire God's will about the people that we have in our lives. So we're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to get out your way. Amen? Praise the Lord. So God wants us to experience his fullness through great relationships. Relationships reflect the very nature of God. God is a relatable God. The Bible says that God created man for his pleasure. He wants to have a relationship. The Bible paints a beautiful picture in the book of Genesis when the Bible says Adam was in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says during the coolness of the day, God just walked by in the wilderness and Adam and God was talking face to face. That's the type of relationship he wants to have with us, that close, intimate relationship. So God is a relatable God. He is a God of relationships. It's his very nature. He created the family. The family is a community. It, it, it is a community of relations. Amen. You have friends. He wants us to have friends in our life. He wants us to, we have neighbors and then we have our church. It, it is an ecosystem, if you will, of different relationships because relationships reflect his very nature. God will even put people around you to, to mentor you. And then he'll put those people I call sandpaper people. You know the sandpaper people, right? The people that sh 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 rub you the wrong way. Amen. And you say, Lord, there's something wrong with them. But actually God is saying something wrong with you. <laughs> and you say, Lord, change them. But God winds up changing you. Come on now. Come on. You have sandpaper. Come on. You got some sandpaper saints in the church. 
Amen. You love sister such and such. You love mother Brown. Amen. You love sister and brother John. Amen. But they just rub you the wrong way. They just irk you. Not people just irk you. Just irk you. Just gets under your skin. And you don't even know why. Because God will send those people to sharpen you and to fine tune you and to make you better. He'll keep those people around you to to love you and to lead you towards God's will and purpose in your life and even in the church. God has also prepared us to speak into the lives of others as well. Amen? To to make them better, to make them more effective. He has accountability friends. He's prepared to be a blessing in your life. I would not be standing here today as a pastor. Number one, if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, if it wasn't for my lovely, fine wife, Pastor Alverna Shadwick. And number three, if it wasn't for Pastor Edgar. Amen? Pastor Edgar has been my friend since we've been in high school. That's how we roll. We roll back. That was my ace boom coon. Son, we go back. We from the South Bronx, from the Boogie Dale. We holding it down for Jesus. And so you need friends that are going to be with you through thick and through thin. You need friends who you can expose your nakedness to and they don't judge you. See, that's a friend. See, if you're afraid, oh, I don't want to let them see this part of me or that part of me, they're not really your friend then. See, a friend, you can say, look, I know I stink. I know I got this attitude problem. I know I'm jealous, but this is how I am. Love me or leave me or deal with it. If you're my friend, be with me. If you're not, God bless you. Keep the walking. So God will give you accountability, friends. Amen. He will give you those people. Amen. I had leaders. I had pastors. I had ministers. I had big brothers and big sisters in the Lord who had my back, who, who cared about me. And you need that, especially some of your costumes. You need that. Amen. You need people who are on your level, but you also need people who are on the next level. Come on now. See, everybody, everybody, oh, you and my love, you're going through what I'm going through, yeah. But you need someone who went through it and got the victory over it so they can help you come out of it. And so God is calling us today to be our brothers and our sisters keeper this morning. He wants us to be a part of a community of faith. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. Balance is equal to vision. The Bible says that where there is no vision, amen, the people will perish. That's Proverbs 29, amen, 18. Where there is no vision, where there there is no prophetic revelation, where there is no understanding of the purpose of a thing, if you don't have any knowledge about it, you will perish. There will be no life. There will be no longevity because you don't understand the very purpose or the essence, why that th- essence, why that thing exists. In order for you to have balance in your relationship, you have to have an understanding what that relationship is for in your life. Amen. When God brought Averna into my life, amen. See, you love your spouse, but you have to realize that when you get married, your spouse is your mirror. Oh, all the married people say amen. Your spouse will show you stuff that you thought you got over years ago. Your spouse will have you saying things and thinking things hey, that you never thought you would think ever again. 
Your spouse is a mirror. Amen. Your spouse will take you to places that you never thought you would go before. In the good, but in the bad, and even in the ugly. Come on now. Married people say amen. Holler back at me. Holler back at your pastor. Come on now. So you will go through situations where you have to understand what's the vision, what's the purpose of this relationship. What, why, why am I with this person? Some of you have friends around you hanging around. You're going to the dorm room, hanging at the house. What's the purpose? It's just to laugh and have a good time. What's the benefit of me hanging around with you? You see, the problem is some of us, we're so low. Anyone who befriends us, okay, I'm just going to be your friend. I'm just going to be, no, 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 no. You have to know that you're worth something. That if you're going to be my friend, you got you to roll correctly. You got to come right or don't come at all. Come on, I got standards I'm upholding. I'm living for King Jesus. Come on. Come on. Some of you sisters, guys talking to you, if you don't come correct, don't come at all. Come on now. What's up, boo? How you doing? You looking good, mommy. Mommy, you looking good. Look at your hair. And you be like, oh, yeah. Okay. All right, dude. Thank you. If you don't already know that you're beautiful, anyone would tell you that. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God already called you beautiful. You need some joker trying to get in your drawers. Come on. Just because he said, I loved you. So what? God been loved you. That's why he sent his son on Calvary. Well, Pastor, he make me feel good. Yeah, that would make you feel good going to hell too, right? What's the purpose of the relationship? What's the purpose of our, our friendship? The Bible says that the first commandment is to love God. The second is like the first, that we are to love people. Amen. Love God. Love people. Nothing else matters. Love God. Love our brother as ourselves. Nothing else matters. That, that's really the, the, the encompassing of, of all of the commandments. Love God. Love people. Nothing else matters. God wants us to show that love to one another. Relationships are built on purpose. You have to be intentional about the relationships that you build. One of the greatest things, lessons that I've learned, especially coming into ministry, if you, if you feel like God has called you to any type of ministry, especially any type of ministry, being a pastor or a minister and stuff like that, I will let you know your relationships will change. Those people say, I'm going to be with you, man. I'm going to be with you. When God take you to the next level, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And you look for them and they're nowhere to be found. You're like, I thought you was going to be with me. Oh, you're a pastor now. You think you're all that? No, I don't think I'm all that. You think that I think I'm all that, but I'm just a humble servant. People will get jealous of you. You have some friends that will be jealous of you. They're not really your friends. If you're hanging around a person who's constantly hating on you, stay away from them. Especially people who talk a lot. Because as much as they say, it's as much that they don't say. And if they're talking about somebody else, you better believe they're talking about you to somebody else. Uh-huh. I got quiet in here, but I'm on it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Relationships are built on purpose. In purpose, there is balance. We must know the purpose of a thing or we are bound to abuse a thing. That's one thing that Dr. Miles Monroe said. We have to understand the purpose of a thing. 
The word abuse comes from the compound word abnormal use. Some of you are in relationships where you are being abused because you and the other party does not know the purpose of that relationship. Who am I talking to this morning? And so you're being abused. I, I'm not just talking about physically abused. Some of you be emotionally abused. You're being taken advantage of. Because sometimes for Christians, they take our meekness as our weakness. Because you smile and say, praise the Lord, you're a Christian, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, that they're going to get over on you. And you're just being used. You are being abnormally used, abused. We must know the purpose. We must know the purpose. We must know the purpose. We must understand why God has established this connection. Because some connections the devil would try to connect us to. He would try to bring some things back from our past. Some stuff that we thought we got over. How I got over? You didn't really make it over. You were still in it. You just didn't know it. Abstinence don't mean deliverance. Abstinence don't mean that. I didn't do that in six months. Don't mean that you're free from it. It's because you didn't do it. Well, Pastor Ivan gave it about cookies up in two months. But just because don't mean that that spirit ain't out of you. See, sometimes when you're dealing with stuff, you need God to gut that junk out of you and help you really be free. So I'm going to challenge us today with four questions that I'm going to get out your way. And I'm going to let you know these questions are tough questions. When I read them, I feel the, oh, God, all in my belly. But I know if you can really look at these questions and answer these questions honestly, you begin to have balance in all of your relationships, even with your family. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's certain things you, do, you can't say to family members. Come on now. As you get older, there's certain things you don't need to tell auntie anymore. There's certain things you don't need to tell daddy anymore. There's certain things you don't need to tell mommy anymore. Amen? There's certain things you need to reveal and certain things you need to conceal. Because now you're growing into your own. Amen? God's giving you your own mindset. You have, you're responsible for the choices that you make for your life. You're not living on anybody else's dream but God's dream. See, the problem is we all want the American dream, but the American dream is not an American nightmare. So I don't want the American dream. I want God's dream for my life. So here are the questions. Again, God wants us to experience his fullness through Great, not good. Someone said great earlier. Great relationships. Great relationships. Someone shout great. great. Uh-huh. He wants us to have great relationships. So here's the, first, here's the first question. What relationships need to be initiated in your life? You need some good company around you. Some of you are around negative people. That's why you can't hardly live for God because you got the world all around you. <laughs> Talking about praying and fasting, like what, girl? We're going to eat, we're going to get a hamburger and some french fries. You want a drink? What relationships need to be initiated? Girl, we're going to the club. They're having a sorority party, girl. We're going to go, girl. We're going to do our do. Okay, girl, they're playing my song. We're going to drop it like it's hot. We're going to the club afterwards. What relationships need to be initiated? Uh-huh. There's some relationships that you have not built. And let me tell you something. There are relationships in my life, friendships in my life, that 
naturally, I was like, I would not be in front of that person. I would not. I would not. That person just too rough. Uh-uh. That person is weird and awkward and stuff like that. But those people in my life have been the greatest blessings in my life. So you can't always look on the outward extremities. Because Bible says that God looks at the heart, but man looks on the outward appearance. Don't get so caught up on the accoutrements. Go down to the root and look what's on the inside of the person because that could be your very blessing. That could be the very thing that takes you to your next level in God. See, so God wants us to really look and say what relationships need to be initiated. Do you need a close friend? Because some of you don't got a best friend. You need a close friend. Do you have a close friend? Do you have an accountability partner? What's the accountability partner? Someone to check you when you get out, when you get out of shape? Uh-huh. That's right. Someone to check you in love. Amen. Not someone to be reading your business. Girl, did you do that again? Did you smoke that cigarette again, girl? I told you something. Not someone going to shout you out. Someone who's going to cover you. Because don't tell everybody your business. I learned that the whole way. I got to say I was in Bible study. Yeah, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Brother Arthur, you still dealing with that situation? I'm like, church is over. People walking by. I about to hear my business. I said, I ain't sharing my business no more in the church. I'm keeping my mouth shut to myself. And that's not the will of God. Someone's been hurt because that stuff has been out there. But when you have a true friend, they will conceal you and cover you and not expose you. Do you have a close friend? Yes, there's a friend that's thinking closer than brother. His name is Jesus. I understand. I understand. I get spirit. I heard some of you in the spirit. Well, I got Jesus. I got Jesus. No, no. You need a human friend. It's not good for man to be alone. If Jesus was all, all Adam needed, why did he need a woman? He was in the glory. He needed somebody. He needed a help me. So you can't tell me you don't need a friend. Yes, you do. But pastor, I'm home praying. You're praying too much. You didn't get a life. Pastor, the Hebrew and the Greek said this, and I was, he come out of my side, and I saw this, and I saw that. Shut up! And get a life. I ain't say the, saying the word of God is not important, but you're out of balance. Get a life. Take it in, but get a life. 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 Uh-huh. Get a life. God wants you to live life and have life more abundantly. Some of you, do, what, what relationship do you initiate? Do you need a, a, spiritual, a spiritual friend, a spiritual uh, a partner? Do you, do you need a, a business mentor? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some people are into businesses. And you need a business mentor to help you. How did you do that? How did that work? I, I got my little business plan here, but how do I make it happen? You, you, you need to initiate those type of relationships. And many times, these individuals are found right in the church, found right in your midst. Amen? Amen? Look, we have CPAs here. We have VPs here. We have business makers here. We have lawyers here. We have doctors here. We have teachers here. It's all in the house right now while I'm speaking. What key relationship is missing from your life? This is, this is all about what relationships need to be initiated. This is all that same question. There's something missing. What relationship is missing from your life? 
I'm moving to the second question because you're about to throw some tomatoes at me. I see it in your face. Okay, let me move on. What relationships need to be nurtured? You have a relationship with somebody, but girl, we're going to hook up. Girl, we're going to hook up. Girl, we're going to hook up. And every time you say, girl, we're going to hook up. Girl, we're going to hook Girl, we ain't hooking up. Stop lying. Yo, dude, we're going to do dinner. We're going to do dinner. Yo, we're going to hang out. We're going we gonna to do it. We're going to go bowling. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And it's been 20 years you've been saying you're going to do it, and you haven't done it yet. What relationships need to be nurtured? Is this as good as it gets? No, God wants more. God has got our relationships. See, there's the law of reciprocity. It's much better to give than receive. Stop always looking for something. Stop always looking for something. Stop always looking about what you need to get. If you understand the laws of true networking, networking is not connected with people to get what you want. Network is connected with people to give what you have. And when you give it, then it will come on back to you. That's the law of reciprocity. When I make a deposit, God will give me a withdrawal with interest on it, baby. Yes, he will. He'll do it. He'll do it. It's much better to give than receive. Amen? Does your marriage, married people, need improvement? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I like that, sister. Yo, always. Amen. Never getting satisfied. Always wanting to make it better. Amen. Come on. Sometimes you got you to gotta spark that flame. Amen? I know people say, well, we honeymoons for life. No, you ain't honeymoons for life. Stop lying. I know it sounds spiritual. It sounds so great. Well, honeymoon is for life. Hallelujah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not really. I've been married 10 years. No, you're not. I'm probably the longest one married in here. No, you're not. You're not honeymoons for life. You go through seasons of drought. Amen. And then you go through seasons. Come say that, Minister Dwayne. You look refreshed right now, brother. Praise him. Give him a grace. Hallelujah. See that smile of Sister Rhonda's face? That's not just Jesus. That's Dwayne. Come on. He put that smile there. Come on. When y'all get married, y'all understand. Amen. Amen. Come in February. We'll be talking more about that. Amen. Does your marriage need improvement? Amen. Are you distant from a parent or a child? Uh-huh. What relations need to be nurtured. Some of you don't have good relationships with your parents. Some of you like me, I was raised in a single parent home. Amen? So I don't really have the type of relationship I have with my mother, the type of relationship I have with my father. I still have to nurture it and build it up. Even though it might feel awkward, even though it might feel, okay, uh, 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 okay, I'll be real. Come on now. But I know it's godly to do it. Because if I say, if I honor my mother and my father, not if I honor them because they did good to me. Not if I honor them because they, they, they love me. No, no. He said, honor your mother and father no, no matter who they are. Come on now. That your days may be extended. Come on. You to do good. Amen? Come on. Not just to your friends, but also to your enemies. And wherever your parents fall between that line, you still need to love them. You still need to do good. You still need to respect them. Establish healthy boundaries. Amen? Because sometimes your boundaries can be off kilter. That's why you keep getting hurt. Uh-huh. Have you drifted from a close friend? You had, say, what's well, up, friend? I, 
got my, you know, I got my bro over here. I got my sister over here. I got my girlfriend. We hook up every now and then. But are you distant? When last really talks? I didn't say text. I didn't say Facebook. I didn't even say Skype or FaceTime or email. When last time you went out, you fellowship, you connected with that close friend? A true friend now. Not someone who's trifling, hating, and trying to tear you down. A real friend. What relationships need to be nurtured? God wants us to nurture relationships. Here we are. We're going a little deeper now. Here we go. Number three. What relationships need to be restored? There are some broken relationships in your life. We're going to do some biblical bridge repair. There are some broken relationships in your life. First of all, who do you need to forgive? Because sometimes we're holding stuff. Uh-huh. And we say, I forgave him, I forgave him. But he didn't have to do it. No, you didn't forgive him. He forgave him. You know, we have true forgiveness. When you think about the person or the situation, and you don't feel that stinger. Y'all know that stinger. You know a person you don't like to walk in the room, you go, oh. And you smile, you're just like, yeah, whatever, how you doing, or whatever. Because you still feel that thing on the inside. Or, 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 or you do what I do, you have the instant replay in your mind, and you replay the whole situation over, and I should have said this, and you rewind it, they play it again, and I should have told them off, they rewind it again, they keep playing over and over and over and over, and driving, because you did not forgive yet. Forgiveness is a process. You can't easily say, well, I forgive him, I let him go. No, forgiveness is a process. It does not happen overnight just like that. And some of you, forgiveness for one person is different forgiveness from another person. We all have a different type of forgiveness language. One person could say, Sister Gabby, I'm so sorry about that situation. Please forgive me from the bottom of my heart. And she could say, Pastor, I received that. Some words I could say, Sister, I'm so sorry for what I did. She's like, words are cheap. Show me your action. Because that's her forgiveness language. So forgiveness for one person can be different for forgiveness for somebody else. But one person, words could mean the whole world to them. Another person, it can be actions because they speak louder than words. Another person, I don't care about your words. I don't care about your actions. Give me a gift to show me that you forgive me, that, that you want my forgiveness. Come on. It's true. Why you think men buy their women chocolate and flowers? They try to cover all the bases. Because making up is hard to do. All right. Hallelujah. Come on now. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. So who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive this morning? Some of you, see, some of you, it's, it's, it's not just little things. Some of you, it's deeper things. It's deeper issues. It's maybe something that happened in your past, okay? It's something that's painful for you to even think about. You just might lose it, and, and it's okay. It's okay. I, I personally went through an ordeal while I was five years old, and I was taken advantage of, and I had to go through a process of healing. It took years to heal from it, but God can heal you. God is a healer. He is a restorer. Whom do you need to forgive? Sometimes you might have to seek out a counselor. You might have to speak to a pastor, Amen. You might need to get that, that biblical counseling so you can be free from that situation. Because nothing like going to church and that thing is on your mind. You're trying to worship. You're like, Lord, 
Dante, I can't do it today. I'm just going to sit here and just watch. And you have those moments. But whom do you need to forgive this morning? Amen? Okay, from whom do you need to seek forgiveness? Maybe you did something wrong. Maybe you violated. Maybe you said something. You did something. You acted in an unjust way. You did not meet someone's expectations. Because, you know, anger is, is rooted in unbent expectations. That's why people get angry. Did you know that? Think about it. Every time that you're angry, it's because someone didn't meet your expectation. They didn't do what they, you thought they were going to do. And so some of you, you don't say what your expectations are, and you expect people to be mind readers, and they're not. That's why you don't have good relationship skills. You have to say, this is what I'm expecting. Is this reasonable? Because if not, you'll always be angry and bitter. And complaining, 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 complaining. Always complaining. Always, just every little thing. Why God look like that? Why did Pastor Shirt God look like? Just fighting everything to complain about. Never satisfy every comment. Some of you have people like that in your home. Some of you have facade. Some of your parents are like that. It's okay. Come on. Come on. You be real. Come on. Just, just keep looking straight. Don't look, don't, don't look, don't just look straight. Just look at me. Just smile. Praise God. Some of you are sitting next to someone just like that right now. Just smile. Praise him. Come on. Give him a praise. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right this morning. It is all right. Just complaining over every little thing. Why you got to drive like that? Why aren't you just getting that lane already? Why you got to make a wide turn? Why you got to make your bed like that? Why you got to come home looking like that? Why your breath look like, I mean, just every, just every little thing. Just complain, 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 complain. And that's why, that's why they remain. They don't get nowhere. And sometimes you got people like that in your life. And sometimes you got to have a distant relationship with those type of people. Because if not, they would just drain you. I call them emotional vampires. They just, just suck the life. By the time you're done with them, you're just dead. They just suck the life out of you. Come on, you know I'm talking right this morning, sirs. Come on. Come on now. What relationships need to, you need to seek forgiveness of this morning? What relationships has been damaged and needs to be restored have you done anything in your power to seek restoration? Sometimes we, have, we, we can do things to seek restoration, but we're not doing it. Maybe it's just a phone. I ain't calling. She was wrong. No. I don't care if she on Facebook want to be my friend. Decline. I don't want you to be my friend. Well, it's not declining. Not now. 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 You know what? Private Facebook account. I don't want her to even know I'm on here. And you're just stubborn. Got your hands and your shoulders crossed. And you just don't care. Sometimes you need to be the bigger and the better person to get the relationship restored. Well, he did wrong too. He, she said that too. So what? You be the bigger and the better person. And you say you sorry. There were times the Holy Spirit convicted me to tell someone sorry for something. I didn't do nothing to them. They did something wrong to me. But he said you say sorry to them. You know what that did? That broke down that wall, that barrier, and then God did something. See, sometimes you don't realize that your blessing is in another person's life. But if you're not looking to build that connection with your brothers and with your sisters, you'll miss out on your blessing. You really will. You really will. You really will. 
Okay, so what relationships need to be restored? That biblical bridge repair. Here's the fourth one, and here's the final one, and here is, I think, one of the most challenging ones because you really got to do some thinking about this one. So we need to do some praying about this one. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Everybody take a deep breath. Ready? All right, here we go. What relationships need to be severed? Chop, chop, snip, snip, cut, cut, dropping the dead weight. Some of you are carrying around dead relationships. That, but she'll be my girlfriend since high school, but girl, she ain't get it right yet, so you just need to let her go. But that's my cousin. She just like that. That's just bonquisha. She just do that. I don't know. She just, you know, that's how she do. Well, you didn't let Bonquisha go about her going by her business. You need to drop the dead weight. Here we go. Are you close with someone who is hurting your relationship with God? Think about that. Who don't have your see, let me tell you something. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, a pastor, you know, I, I'm I I I I'm looking, you know. I'm looking for a friend. I'm looking for this person. But if they're not helping you in your relationship with God, are they really your friend? True friend. You can be friendly to somebody. You can have acquaintances. Okay? But I'm talking about, see, I see relationships like this. There are three levels. The Bible talks about, and it paints a picture of the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of Moses was established in the desert. And you had the outer courts. That's where everybody could gather. Everybody you see, you're all in my outer court. But then you had the inner court. Those are my cohorts. Those are my, 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 my best friends. Those are, those are the people who, who really know me, who can, he can see my nakedness and see my quarks and not judge me and still love me. But then I had my, my, my inner place. And that's a place for my wife. That's a place for my spouse. And that's a place where God dwells. He sees it all. And see, sometimes we get our relationships confused because we don't understand the purpose or why that relationship is in our life. I don't have that many close friends. I don't. I just have a few. Amen? And so you, be honest, you probably just have made about one or two close friends. I'm talking about friends who will be with you through different seasons of your life. Amen? And so you have close friends. You have those people who we call, those are your confidants. Uh-huh. Those are people who would go through you, go with you through thick and thin. It's, it's, like, it's like the golden girl. Thank you for being a friend. Down the road and back again. Come on, y'all. What else? All right, all right. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. See, that's a confidant. That's a real friend. That's someone who's going to be with you through thick and thin. You're not going to have those many people in your life. But then you have people who are comrades. These are the people that are for, amen, what you are for. These are the people, and sometimes we get these people confused in our life. 
you have like interests. I like going to the movies. You like going to the movies. So we become friends. Oh, you on the dance team? I'm on the dance team. So we become friends. Oh, you go to the church? I go to church. So we become friends. But we are for the same thing. We, we like the same thing. Those are your comrades. They, they're in the battle with it. Boy, they're with you in the situation. They're with you in it. But, but the moment your interests shift or change, those relationships begin to grow apart. And that's why I said, before I came into ministry, I had different people around me said so they'll be with me. But when my interests change and their interests change, we grew apart. They were not my best friends. And so you can't cry over relationships like that in your life because those relationships are seasonal. And if you truly understand the purpose of those type of relationships, when they separate or you, you, or, or you, or you grow apart in those relationships, you'll not get heartbroken because you know it was only for a season. Are you close with someone who's hurting your relationship with God? Or for married people hurting your marriage? Are you close with someone who's hurting your marriage? Because sometimes our spouses can see things that we can't see. Come on now. You know, honey, why are you talking with her like that? Why are you talking with him like that? Or whatever. It kind of bothers me. Girl, it's nothing. I'm, no. Are you keeping secret? I ain't going to tell my wife because I know how she get. So I'm not going to say anything. If you got to go through all that, then there's something wrong. There's something off kilter. There's something just not right there. You have to be honest. If there's a relationship in my life that I feel is okay, but my wife says, honey, I'm not comfortable with that relationship, it's severed. Goodbye. Got to go. I don't care who you are. Got to go. Sorry. Because at night, I got to sleep with her, not you. I need peace in my house. That's not my bed mate. That's my soul mate. Come on now. So I, I have to get it right. Okay? And sometimes it could, it could hurt you because you're like, well, man, I really thought I could build a relationship with this person, with this individual. I don't see them like that. We just cool or whatever. But your wife or your husband see things that you cannot see, especially people with his friends of the opposite sex. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Are you, are you dating somebody? Or courting somebody who is not right for you. Oh, I'm just getting to know him. We just hanging out. That's just my friend, you know. Every now and then we hang out. But is he right for you? See, and, 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 and this is a hard one to chew on because I know the culture is anti-Christ. It tells you everything against what Christ stands for. If you ain't ready to get married, if you're not really serious looking, to build a relationship for your future, then why are you in the relationship? Ouch. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Sorry. No refunds. All sales final. I'm sorry. Sorry. This was clearance. It was clearance today. Sorry. But why are you really in that relationship? If the only thing you do when you get with them, he just want to slob you down. That's not helping you. You ain't thinking about Jesus in that moment, are you? Thank you, Jesus. You ain't thinking about no Jesus. You're not thinking about the Lord. Come on now. Come on now. Lord have mercy. Help us today. It's tight in here. Oh, God, I feel it. That's all right. We're getting delivered. Amen. Some of you, 
Some of you got to cut it off. Some of you need to make a phone call today. You need to start texting right now. It's over. <laughs> Goodbye. I wish I never met her at all. Come on. You need to just let it go. If it, come on. If it don't apply, let it fly. But the people who apply to, you know who I'm talking to. But the Holy Ghost is talking to you. He all in my business. Now, I ain't in your business. The Lord is in your business because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. Are you dating someone who's not the right fit for you? Come on. I've seen, and, and this is the thing. And, this, and the reason I get adamant and I get so passionate about this because as a pastor, you're a counselor. You see so much. And so many close friends and confidants of my wife and I who have gotten married, who saw our marriage, and say, oh, I want what you have. I want what you have. But I can't wait. I can't wait. I got to have it. And so they just take it in everybody. They're just, this, oh, he looks right. Okay. He go to church. Okay. So he must be the one. Okay. And you on your love non-cardic, you're all high on love. Uh-huh. You're not really seeing the red flags in the relationship. You're not seeing anything. I know of a couple right now that her spouse has become her enemy. She's like she's sleeping with the enemy. Though he went to church, though he loved the Lord, but crazy, cycle out of his mind and driving her out of hers. I'm telling you, be careful. Don't sell yourself short. Don't set talk. There's a balance in that. Now, don't be, if, if he ain't on my list, throw your list out the window. For some of you, your, your, your blessing walking right by you, you don't even realize it. Come on, you can hear Sister DeBorah and Pastor Edgar's testimony on that. <laughs> was up worshiping, but that was her bow ass. She didn't even know it. Come on. And God had to open up eyes and said, him, Lord? Really? No, Lord, can't you pull in my leg, G? Really? Okay. Now you see that smile on her face now? He put that there. Come on. I tell you something. Give your list to God. Say, God, you know what I need. It's not always about what you want, it's about what you need. And that's the problem. You go after your needs. They, you think that's your need, and then your need shifted, and your need don't get met, and you wind up all frustrated. Uh-huh. It's unhealthy to be in a relationship where you're always giving out withdrawals but never having no deposits. You need someone to put something in you to build you up. Come on. To, to add value to you. That's what worship is about. Worship comes. It's a compound word. The word worth-ship. We worship God. We are valuing God. We are increasing his value. We're making his name great. You need someone to love you, to, to give you worth, to add value to you. And if someone is not doing that, and they're constantly taking away and breaking now, then that's not the relationship you need to be. You need to snip, snip. You need to cut it out of your life. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Do you have a friend? My last question a part of what relationships need to be severed. Do you have a friend who's dragging you down morally? But well, Pastor, what you mean? I ain't going to smoke no blonde. They just do that stuff around me. Maybe you have a friend who has a foul mouth. Just blankety, blank, blank. What's up, B? What's up? How you doing? 
check. What's up? Run for your life. Run for your life. Run for your life. Just pray for them. Ask God for opportunity to share your faith with them, but run for your life. Come on. Bad company corrupts good character. What the Bible says. Bad company corrupts good character. Be careful. What you associate yourself around is what you become. Because you realize you are feeding on that environment. No, Pastor, I'm the Christian. I'm the light of the world. Jesus is with me. Yes, he's with you. But the flesh is weak. The spirit is weak, but the flesh is weak. Uh-huh. And the stuff you say you ain't doing no more, next thing you be picking back, well, maybe. And next thing you got turned in out. Come on. Yeah, interpret that on all different levels. Yeah, you got turned in and out. Yeah. That's in the church too, unfortunately, today. So what relationships, what dead weight do you need to drop today? God has a purpose for every relationship in our life. I know this was not a, a jumping, shouting word, but I hope that this would add value to your life this morning and that you would really consider the information, the scripture that was spoken to you this morning so you can make wise, godly choices about the people who are in your life. So what are my next steps, Pastor? What do I need to do? Well, you need to do some self-introspection. This is not just something you think about, mm-hmm, that was good to ponder. Mm, good word today, right? That good word. Okay. And then tomorrow, it's in one ear and out the other. You do some heart study. You need, you need to take some time to really look at the relationships. Make sure they're in balance. Wish you were here finding balance in my relationships. What actions are you going to take today towards relationships in your life? Beginning with God. Some of your relationship with God is out of balance. You just do church stuff on Sunday, but you live any type of way for the rest of the week. You do anything, say anything. You have no conviction about it. God wants you to get closer to him today. Because if your relationship with God is right, that, 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 that vertical relationship, then the horizontal relationships will be in balance as well. I've noticed in my own life, when my relationship was off with God, my relationship was off with everybody else around me. If you want to have the perfect work of Christ in your life, get your relationship right with him. And then everybody else's relationship will be fine with. But if this is out of whack, everything else is going to be out of whack. God loves you this morning. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants us to experience his fullness through great relationships. So once again, I submit the scripture to you. Two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Shall we bow our heads and pray? Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God, a transformational word, Lord Jesus, an inspirational word, an uplifting word, Lord God, and a challenging word. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for that word that has, for all of us who have come to the altar, Lord Jesus, a recognition that there is something that you want to do in us, Lord Jesus. Father, and as you moved in my life about three or four years ago, Lord God, when I heard this same message, and you somehow, Lord, rekindled that relationship I had with my dad, Lord Jesus.
and make it even better, stronger than I could ever even think or imagine, Lord God. I pray for everyone here, Lord Jesus, who is in that spot where they are in a relationship or they want to rekindle a relationship, Lord God. It may be a daughter or a son, Lord God, who is out of touch with their dad, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, God, that you'll give them the insight to take the practical steps necessary. The deliberate steps, Lord God. Tell them to be able, Lord God, to go through the hard process. It's not easy. It's not going to take a prayer and instantly it's rekindled. But Lord, we pray, God, that they will take the steps. They will make it deliberate steps to make the phone calls. To go out, Lord Jesus, out of their way to make those relationships work, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray, give them insight. Give them patience, Lord Jesus, along this journey. We pray for those, Lord God, who may be in relationships with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, Lord God, and they think it's time to break it off because it's not going anywhere and it's not of you, Lord Jesus. Give them that courage, Lord God, to say it is over. And when I say it's over, it is over. Give them that courage, Lord God, to pick up the phone or say, we need to talk. Boy, we need to talk. Girl, we need to talk. Guess what? It is over. We're not getting back next week, not next month. It is done. Punto final. Give them that courage, Lord Jesus, to take the steps. Give our daughters those courage, Lord Jesus, to take the steps. Our sons those courage, Lord God, to take the steps, Lord Jesus. And for those of us, Lord God, who need to expand our network, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, give us that, that, that boldness, Lord Jesus. Help us to get over ourselves, Lord Jesus. And take those steps, Lord God, to, to really move out and say hi to somebody else. How are you? What do you do? Give us those strategies, Lord Jesus, to really expand our network, Lord Jesus. Give, help us, give us the Holy Spirit to give us boldness, Lord Jesus. Boldness, Lord Jesus, to step out in faith, Lord God. And even give us, give us more courage, Lord Jesus, to build relationships and invite people to church, Lord God. Give us that strength, Lord Jesus. And give us that, that, that deliberateness in our spirit. Help it, help it to be at the forefront of our minds, Lord Jesus as we move throughout this week. Father, we pray that everybody at the altar here, Lord God, it will be on their mind, in their spirit, every single minute of this week, Lord Jesus, until they take those steps that they need to take to solve the, the issue that they are here for, Lord Jesus. Give them boldness, give them patience, give them perseverance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give God a prayer.